Rush into Old Navy today for this can't-miss one-day deal. 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Get the workout wear you need at a huge 50% off one day only today. Hurry in or miss out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1020, select styles only, excludes in-store clearance. Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Locked On Broncos brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your host, Cody Rourke, bringing you another day of Denver Broncos news, analysis, and coverage. And and we've got a great show lined up for you here today. We're going to talk about some very controversial things as well as some very exciting things. Obviously, the news today that Pat Bullen, once again, was snubbed from Hall of Fame voting by the committee uh, is is something that right now, i got to wait a little bit before I start talking about this because it kind of fires me up a little bit. Just a, another element of disrespect that the Denver Broncos receive from national media or even the Pro Football Hall of Fame committee. You know, the Denver Broncos only have four players in the Hall of Fame, and they've had a lot of great players, a lot of great teams over the years. So something's not adding up here. We'll talk about that momentarily here in the show. But we're going to talk about mainly what we're going to be looking forward to watching this Saturday as the Denver Broncos take on the Green Bay Packers back in Denver. Finally, the first home game of the preseason for the Broncos. They're back, and they're ready and Aaron Rodgers is coming to town. Now we're going to see a lot of action from the ones probably for the first half of the game but what we're going to talk about what I'm looking forward to as I said earlier over on Locked On Broncos on Twitter I said that I'm looking forward to seeing Jamal Charles in game action for the first time in a long time. I want to see how he's going to do. I want to see where he comes in if he comes in with the first team or if he comes in in the second half and plays but ideally I imagine he might start this game uh, after CJ Anderson obviously. Well I think CJ Anderson will start but CJ Anderson won't get a lot of carries in my opinion just if I was taking a wild guess if I was a betting man he won't play necessarily I don't think a whole half you know just obviously coming off an injury from last season may not want to put him you know risk getting hurt in a preseason game a game that's meaningless for him but for Jamal Charles this is a huge game it's a big game all across the board for Charles because this is the first time that we've seen Jamal Charles in a Broncos uniform outside of training camp in game action against another opponent so we're going to look at position battles for some rookies. I'm eager to see if Jamal Carter will play a guy that Chad Jensen and I talked about a couple of nights ago here on Locked On Broncos about his impact and his playmaking ability that he's displayed for the Denver Broncos. Didn't play against the San Francisco 49ers. Had a knee injury. Suffered in practice early on in the game. But we saw that week when they had joint practices over there in Santa Clara. They Jamal Carter had a great play in a one-on-one, a wide receiver versus DB type drill with quarterback throwing and he, he had a great interception. Jamal Carter is definitely a guy who I believe is going to be an impact player for this Broncos team going forward. He's one of the young guys right now on this rookie roster that I think is going to make the team this year. And then you got guys like Brennan Langley competing for a cornerback spot with Lorenzo Doss, who, in my opinion, earlier in the year when I was over at Predominantly Orange, I was talking about, I wrote about who's going to fill the void left by Kayvon Webster going to the Los Angeles Rams. And I think I I wrote in that Lorenzo Doss was going to be a guy because he, he saw some game action last year and didn't look bad. He looked actually pretty decent last year, especially when Kayvon Webster was hurt a little bit. And I think the thing we need to look at with Lorenzo Doss is that I haven't really seen much from Lorenzo Doss in this 
preseason outside of maybe a couple plays in Chicago that made me think that, okay, this guy is going to be on the roster. He's going to be a guy that if one of these guys gets hurt in the no-fly zone, he can be a guy that can come in and make an impact in the rotation. But I don't know yet. I haven't seen enough from Lorenzo Dost yet to even say that he's he's safe to make a roster spot. But a guy I had my eyes on is obviously Dante Barnett as well as Brendan Langley you know, rookie cornerback. I think he's got a lot of upside and he's very quick. He's very disciplined in his routes. I'm a DB coach, former defensive back myself. And one thing that Brennan Langley possesses within himself is the ability to rely on his fundamentals. Not He may not necessarily be the fastest guy, but he's smart. He's very smart. And the one play that I, you know, that I saw from him in preseason, I thought this was actually on Chris Lewis Harris that there was his fall in coverage when the uh, Chicago Bears scored a touchdown in the, in the red zone on a passing play. Well, was the alignment for the two receivers. They were, they had doubles. They had twins on one side, twins on the right. And Brennan Langley locked up the the outside receiver, the number one receiver. And Chris Lewis Harris was primed on number two receiver. And he ended up catching the pass. But it, I, I don't think that was on Brennan Langley because I, I believe they had a combo coverage or they didn't have a combo coverage. I didn't see them communicate at all anytime before the snap. Usually if they're going to have a combo coverage, which for a cornerback means that in the goal line, when you're manned up, and you call a combo or a banjo call, what happens is the corner is going to take whichever threat comes to the outside or if he goes vertical and the nickel corner or the slot safety, whatever it may be, lined up on the slot receiver is going to take whatever comes inside or he's going to stay with him if he goes vertical. And it was a simple combination. You had the post and you had the kind of the out route as well. And they ended up scoring on that play. I think that was on Chris Lewis Harris. You know, he's another guy who's trying to, you know, fight for a roster spot for the Denver Broncos. He obviously had a pretty amazing interception last week against the San Francisco 49ers but in my honest opinion I don't think that's going to be enough yet for him to to prove that he's got a chance to you know make this roster I think he's got a long ways to go and there's some guys that are chomping at the bit to get the opportunity to play cornerback for the Denver Broncos just to be part and be around the legendary secondary that they have in Aqib Tlaib, Chris Harris Jr., Bradley Roby, TJ Ward, Darian Stewart. I love defensive backs. That's my forte. I I love it and I wish um, I wish I had another way of explaining really how important and how demanding the, the job of a cornerback or a defensive back in the National Football League is the NFL. It's such a fast game. And I was just talking to a couple of my high school football players about this. Each year that you get older, the game gets a little faster. So, you know, it gets high, it gets fast at the high school level. And now it translates over to where it's getting fast at the college level for guys. And when you go to the NFL, if you go to an NFL game, it is unbelievably, considerably more faster in terms of style, gameplay, physicality, athleticism than you really see in college. It's just a different element. So I encourage you, if you ever go to, if you go to a high school game this year, a college game and an NFL game, try to compare the difference in the, in the speed and, and how the games go. Obviously, college football is more explosive. You see a lot more high scoring. NFL, you have hard, you know, you have defenses. You have actual defense being played in the NFL by most teams. So with that, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Denver Broncos, you know, these young guys uh, come in and play because, you know, this is the only chance they really have is, is this game and next week to really audition themselves. And it's all about making plays. You could be a very very good player, but if you're not on the field on game time and preseason making plays, the likelihood of you making the team is probably not going to happen. It's very hard in the National Football League to stay on an active roster to even make a practice squad when you just don't have the production yet. You can have the speed, the size, the athleticism, the skills. 
But if it doesn't translate on the field and you don't see it on the game tape, the likelihood of you making a case for yourself to stay in the NFL is really hard. So it's a challenge. So I'm looking forward to seeing which young guys step up to the plate and actually come through and, and surprise me. You know, obviously surprise the coaches. I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall right now in the coach's office when they're analyzing staff and, and seeing who they have personnel-wise going forward too. So that's going to be something we're going to talk about on Monday's show following the reaction to Broncos Week 3 preseason game. Now we head on to, obviously, the starters. The starters are primed to play against the Green Bay Packers. Ideally, from what I read, was about a half. So the first half, the ones will be out there. It's kind of like a, an audition, a dress rehearsal for Week 1 of the regular season when they open up on Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Chargers. It's going to be a great game. The atmosphere is going to be wild on Monday Night Football. Tickets are already through the price, through the roof. The prices are through the roof. If you haven't tried to get a ticket, go ahead and try to get one now. Try to see if you can go to NFLTicketExchange.com and see what you can get. Obviously, season fast approaching. There's going to be opportunities for you to go see games. So if you're a Broncos fan, you don't have tickets yet, go get tickets now because trust me, you want to be there opening night. It's always special when you open your season on primetime television, National Football League, Monday Night Football, John Gruden calling the game. I'm excited. I have something I'm looking forward to as well. So this Monday, we'll also do the reaction show. As I said, we'll, we'll break down what happened week three of preseason, analyze the starters play, but mostly we're going to talk a lot about how these rookies, second string, and third string players are playing and which guys are primed to make uh, an impact and, and have a chance to play on the roster for the Denver Broncos this season compared to the guys who won't. And, and I'll analyze my do's and my don'ts and the guys who stood out to me and the guys that were duds. So very excited about that. Obviously, very excited to be joining you guys here once again. Locked On Broncos brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Very excited. Great feedback as always. Be sure though to head on over to iTunes right now. Click subscribe or do it after the show. Don't want to interrupt your listening, but subscribe to the show. And, and when you click that subscribe button, every episode that's ever aired of Locked On Broncos past present and future episodes will be automatically placed into your phone the next day you wake up so if you fall asleep before 7 30 p.m mountain time monday through friday when the show airs you can wake up the next morning on your morning commute to work and you can listen to lockdown broncos here on audio boom and itunes part of the lockdown podcast network there is more to me queen eliara of elf god than my elven magic just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. So, very excited about this. I do imagine, I want to see, obviously this is the first time we're going to see Von Miller playing in the preseason. And for me, I'm always anxious anytime that you have your ones play past week three of the regular season because you can. it's a crucial point where you cannot afford to lose a guy to an injury. And the reason I say that is we've already seen with the Denver Broncos, we've seen how injuries have already battered them at major positions death-wise, especially at the rush position at outside linebacker and defensive end and obviously D-tackle. But they have guys like Tyreek Jarrett and obviously Zach Kerr at the tackle position that have been helping out. I thought they played very well in preseason so far, but obviously you got to generate a pass rush roast. You're going to give quarterbacks the opportunity to set their feet and throw, and it makes it harder on defenses, regardless if you're in man coverage or zone coverage, you have to have a pass rush. And what's made the Denver Broncos defense so dominant is they've had an elite pass rush over the last couple of years to where it's impacted the cover game. And you have great corners who can play press man-to-man coverage, can cover across the field, hash-to-hash, sideline-to-side, 
line. That makes it even harder for quarterbacks. But when you don't have the element, it's very difficult to expect a defensive back or linebacker to play coverage, man-to-man coverage, for more than four seconds. Okay, the average NFL play lasts about 4.6 seconds. And if you expect a guy to cover longer than that, the likelihood of a defense being successful is limited to none. So that's the other angle that I'm really looking at before we get to the regular season, obviously heading in. Obviously, health is wealth. And I had a user tweet me today over at Lockdown Broncos that he just wants to see everybody come out healthy. And I couldn't agree more. Health is so important. And obviously, when you when you have a tough schedule this year, you come off a 9-7 and seven record last year as a unit, you want to be successful. You don't want to have to risk throwing people out there that aren't yet ready. And you can't afford you know injuries at major positions. Obviously, the Broncos right now can't afford any more injuries to the offensive line or even in the secondary, let alone the linebacker and pass rushing positions. You can't afford to lose anybody, especially a guy like Von Miller going forward. So before we dive over and talk about Pat Bowlen, I just want to remind all of you to make sure you've subscribed to Matt Williamson's Locked On NFL for all of your national NFL news on the Locked On Podcast Network. And also, if you want to get a tune on what's going on with our division rivals, head on over to Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Raiders, and Locked On Chargers for the latest intel on what they're doing and preparing for their, obviously, regular season run in a tough division in the AFC West. Head over there, obviously, Locked On NFL, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. So now we get to the most controversial part of the day where, like myself, I'm sure many of the Broncos country fans all across the world in Denver, across the pond, are equally as upset as I am. And based on what I've read on Twitter, the outrage is shared. Pat Bowlen once again has been snubbed in Hall of Fame voting. The committee once again has overlooked all of Pat Bowlen's accomplishments running the Denver Broncos and has completely disrespected what he's done, what he's achieved, and why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Pat Bowlen isn't any other NFL owner. Pat Bowlen's a pioneer, a guy who renovated the way we watch the NFL, the way TV networks operated way before Pat Bowlen orchestrated getting more public exposure through television for the National Football League. Do we even have to talk about what he did for the Denver Broncos? How his leadership turned the franchise around? Made it one of the most respectable franchises in all of sports? Pat Bullen, before he took over the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos' overall record was 143, 189 losses, and 9 ties. After Pat Bullen took over the Denver Broncos, to this very day, this is still Pat Bullen's team. Under the direction and leadership of John Elway, the Denver Broncos are 317, 197 losses, one tie with a 61.7 win percentage. Year in and year out, the Denver Broncos have competed. They've been a they've been a franchise where they've had more Super Bowl appearances than they've had losing seasons. They've been to seven Super Bowls under Pat Bowlen, and in the tenure of Pat Bowlen, they've only had five losing seasons. That right there tells me everything I need to know about legacy and leaving an impact. A guy who whose accolades, whose resume, whose accomplishments speak for themselves. Over 300-plus wins, three Super Bowl trophies at Dove Valley in the facility. And once again, Pat Bowlen is snubbed in Hall of Fame voting. I'm just, I'm just at a loss for words. There's really nothing I can say at this point right now that will really describe how I truly feel because not only myself, but other members of the media that have been around have seen the blatant bias that's been utilized by the committee, the Pro Football Hall of Fame committee in their voting process. And unfortunately, a guy got in there who didn't deserve to be in there over Pat Bullen. Bobby Beathard made it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame before Pat Bullen. And I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that because 
when you look at it and you look at the Pro Football Hall of Fame committee and you can see there's been an evident bias. It was it was we got lucky enough that Terrell Davis got inducted into the Hall of Fame that he actually made it through this time. But Charlie Casserly, who has really close ties to the Redskins organization and Bobby Beathard, was on the committee, was a guy that they talked to. And it's a little ironic that he made it in over Pat Bowen because Bobby Beathard and the teams that he was taking ownership over were 8-14 and 14 against Pat Bowen and Pat Bowen's teams at that time. I just don't know what I don't know what it is. A guy whose accomplishments are over 300 wins in the NFL, three Lombardi trophies, multiple Super Bowl appearances, and one of the highest winning percentages in all the sports since taking over ownership. I, I just don't get why he gets snubbed in that facet. I, I really don't understand it. But it's clear as day. After today, it is so evident, it's staring you right in the face that there is an evident bias by the Pro Football Hall of Fame committee. And, Denver, and the Denver Broncos and, and members of its competing classes that have played for the Broncos organization over the years that have dominated, left their mark, impacted the game, changed the game. When is it going to end? All these successful teams that the Broncos have fielded and only four Hall of Famers, yet the San Diego Chargers have more players in the Hall of Fame right now than the Broncos do, and they don't even have a Super Bowl. I just find it very suspicious, and I just think that it's an incredible disservice to the accomplishments of what Pat Bowen has done, the culture he has renovated and changed and molded for competing professional sports organizations. Like I said, he's a trailblazer. Pat Bowen set the standard for competing, for doing things the right way, and he's still left out. just goes to show you, you can do whatever you can in life can do whatever you can but at the end of the day everything still is, is out of your hands it's not in your control i i do think it is a disservice to his family to pat bowen's legacy he deserves to be in and i'm just i'm wondering when it's going to be we're going to have to wait another year from now in order to have the chance to hear if he's going to make it in or not but you must ask the question when's the time going to be when is it enough to where you look at all of his accomplishments and you decide, look, this guy, if you ask anybody in the NFL, all the owners, owners who've owned teams for decades, and you ask them about Pat Bull and they have nothing but respect. So why can't he get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame with all these accomplishments, everything he's done? If you're as outraged as I am, I want you to tweet me back at Lockdown Broncos at Cody Work NFL. What is your reaction on Pat Bowen being snubbed once again from making it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Tweet me your thoughts. I want to know and I, I will read some of the best responses on the next episode of Lockdown Broncos. You can catch the show Monday through Friday, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time wherever you are. If you're on the way home from work, it's 7.30. You're on that drive home. You got miles and you're trying to stay awake. Tune in to Lockdown Broncos. The device will be on your iTunes store or Audio Boom, where you can listen as we go. Monday through Friday. Audio boom. Lockdown Broncos. This is your host, Cody Roar. Another edition of Lockdown Broncos brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for joining. We'll see you next week.